Hey, I'm Dr. Jerry Crete, and this is Be With the Word, episode 69, and I'm going to be discussing the Sunday readings from a psychological perspective. In this case, we are doing the fourth Sunday of Lent, so I hope you're having a blessed Lent. Um, I'm going to be talking about why we do wicked things, and we're going to get into this topic in light of dissociation. I've been talking about dissociation throughout Lent, which is a psychological term, and another sub-term, which is traumatic reenactment. So, of course, I'm not going to explain all the reasons why people do wicked things. There are many, but this is an interesting one, and it might really help you to understand um, why you'd keep repeating the same negative behaviors over and over. All right. If you haven't already, you might want to go over to Hear the Word, also labeled episode 69. I'm going to do these readings out loud so you can listen to the readings. And I also incorporate a guided meditation and a bit of instruction on how to pray and meditate. Uh, Episode 69 of Hear the Word has um, the theme of receptivity. I'm talking a little bit about litanies and uh, hopefully receiving God's grace. Okay, but you're here with me now and we're talking about dissociation. Well, what's interesting is the Israelites uh, follow the same pattern over and over again. Here we see in Chronicles, Second Chronicles, we see that the Israelites are taken into captivity in Babylon because they've polluted the temple. And then they're there, I think, for 70 years. And then the Persians take over and King Cyrus allows them to go back. So doesn't that sound familiar? The uh, Israelites also had gone into captivity before in Egypt and they come eventually back to the promised land, right? So they keep kind of repeating the same pattern of worshiping idols or doing wrong things. They end up in captivity or enslavement, and then there's a journey for them to be freed again. I think we all can relate to that, right? In our own lives over and over again, we fall into sometimes the same sins. We uh, go through a period of repentance. We have some kind of journey there. And, you know, for Catholic, right, we maybe go to confession and we try to change and we feel better we're making progress but again we fall into sometimes the same sins all right so why do we do that okay sometimes we we commit sins out of all sorts of reasons and we look at this all the sins deadly sins and might be about selfishness or might be about greed or something but i'm going to talk about a traumatic reenactment and I'm going to broaden that a little bit. I'm going to use examples at first that are severe, right? Serious capital T traumas, sexual assaults, physical violence, um, military type violence. Those are the capital T traumas. And then we have smaller T traumas. Sometimes those are relational. Sometimes those are chronic. Um, they can be pretty severe too if they're verbal or emotional abuse. Um, but sometimes they're harder to identify if they happen a lot, especially in childhood. Well, so I'm going to start with the capital T stuff because I feel like that really helps people visualize. 
Um, there is a movie that came out a number of years ago that I thought was really well done. It was called Antoine Fisher. It starred Denzel Washington. He played a psychologist who was working with this young um, African-American male who's in the military. And this uh, uh, Antoine, I believe based on a real story, obviously fictionalized by Hollywood to some extent, but there's some, probably some uh, biography there. And uh, he's in the military, but he has this history of trauma. Um, in this story, what's interesting is like his mother had been a drug addict and he goes into foster care and he's living in a foster care family uh, where the foster father is a pastor, an African-American family, and they take in these kids and the kids are abused and they're abused um, in a way that reenacts um, physical abuse received during the days of slavery. And it's a perplexing thing to watch this movie and wonder why would, for example, this African-American male who's a pastor, why would he inflict, or his wife, I, I'm, I'm not remembering exactly, I think it actually might have been his wife, who, not him, but, or maybe he participated, why would they inflict abusive treatments that happened to African Americans in slavery? Why would they inflict that on foster children in their care? It really doesn't make sense. It's like, why do people, some, of course, many people who've been abused do not perpetrate abuse, but perpetrators of abuse almost always, I, I venture to say always, have had some abuse, some serious abuse of their own. And why is it that that gets repeated? It's a fast, it's an important question. I want to bring it down home in case those big examples don't relate to your life. Like they, they might be startling and you might be going, wow, that, that's interesting. But I don't 100% relate to that maybe. If you think about it, um, were there any times, let's say in childhood, where there was a negative family dynamic? You know, maybe you were told you weren't good enough, or maybe you were insulted in some way, you know, criticized, right? You know, I know uh, for some, they might have heard, oh, you're not thin enough, or you're not uh, smart enough, or something, some criticism, right? And then... For some reason, some of us repeat that later in life and turn it on other people. <laughs> why, if I was put down as a child, why would I put down my own children? Right? Or if I was put down as a child, why would I take a job as a teacher and put down children? Why? Why do we do wicked things? <laughs> All right. And I'm going to suggest that it's a reenactment. That when we are harmed, in this process of dissociation, we disconnect or we split. And there's a part of our personality that gets kind of um, compartmentalized or, or put away so that we can cope at the time. And a reenactment is a way in which we replay those events 
right subconsciously so it's not like a conscious decision normally to to replay those events it, they, it's just we do it unconsciously it's just what happens is a pattern and we do it in order right our, our subconscious mind here is attempting to get control power and or safety that we didn't have at one time so if at one time we were mistreated or made to feel less than, right? Then later on, we attempt to get some kind of control over that, to feel powerful or in control or safe by doing that to someone else. All right. Some of us, of course, you know, make certain vows, like I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do that to my kids. And yet we find ourselves doing it anyway sometimes. You know, not everyone. And I realize that sometimes we don't. Sometimes people go to the other extreme, right, in an effort to avoid, you know, inflicting any, any, any of the same kind of damage. But sometimes we have you ever heard yourself say, I can't believe I said that. That's what I used to be told. And I said I would never, ever say that to my own kids right so we sometimes do as saint paul says what we don't want to do and we see the israelites in the story in chronicles go back to doing what they swore they wouldn't do right and usually with idols it's because in ancient times those idols gave them a sense of security and control over maybe their environment over the weather or fertility or, or um, you know, agriculture or something or safety against enemies. And so they go back to those same things over again. Wow. So what is the answer in the readings? And what is the answer a little bit in psychology? So I want to bring those together um, in this discussion. So we do know, right, St. Paul gives us the answer here in Ephesians. And he says... Um, God is rich in mercy. All right. He has great love for us that it's by grace that we are saved. All right. So we have to receive the gift of grace. It's not a work we can do. It's not control we can take. It's not power we can have that saves us. Our subconscious mind is saying, I need to be abusive, right? Or mean or something in order to have control and power and safety. And God is saying, no. He's saying in order to have true safety, we have to receive grace through faith. And so that means it's a gift to us that we can only receive if we are we surrender if we uh, believe if we trust whoa that's hard to do because the reason we might be reenacting something is because we weren't safe so we have to surrender and have faith in god in order to undo that and actually get a deeper and more meaningful sense of safety. So again, 
we are his handiwork, right? According to St. Paul, created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God has prepared in advance. So there is a good works, but it is going to come after receiving grace. It's going to come after being receptive, and it's going to become after we recognize the patterns that we've been repeating, and we go, um, God has something new. He wants a new pattern. He wants something different. And when we accept that and embrace that, we're not going to repeat the same past patterns. All right. Uh, we also hear in John, right? It's interesting because we have the story of Nicodemus, right? Uh, and it says uh, that Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Again, it's this question of belief and trust in Christ in order to have eternal life. And then it's interesting because it contrasts the wicked. It says, for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come toward the light. Right? But it says, God did not send his son to condemn the world. In a, I'll, I'll give that a new twist. God, didn't, God does not send the world to reenact old traumas. God didn't send his son so we could reenact old traumas. Who, but that the world might be saved through him. So what, here's the thing. What can we allow Jesus to give us that we didn't receive? What did we need to feel safe? I'm not going to say to, to, to gain control and power, but to maybe have a sense of autonomy and agency that we didn't have then. What is it that we have to receive from him so that we'll be freed up to not reenact, but instead do the good works God prepared in advance. All right. Often, that means letting Jesus say to us, I created you and I love you and you are good enough. You don't have, you, you don't have to be smarter or prettier. You don't, or... If it's a more severe thing, you know, you, you don't have to be used. It was wrong that you were used that way. Or it was wrong that um, someone else harmed you physically. Right? What do you need now? You need to know you, your true worth. You need to know that you're loved. You need to be held. Those are all gifts. Those are all gifts, and we receive them. Ideally, we can receive them from God in prayer and in meditation. We might receive them from safe people now in our lives. Sometimes people aren't always safe in our lives, so that's why that's a tricky one. But we can also call upon the part of ourself, the self, really, redeemed and loved by God, to meet 
these compartmentalized parts, these wounded parts, that out of their woundedness keep repeating the same mistakes. We, we can meet our own parts when we're, you know, supported by God, supported by the resources we have. We can meet those parts and love them and take care of them and let them know there's a new path. There's a light we can follow that is different from the old pattern, right? Just like the Israelites going back to those idols. We go back to our old idols. We go back to the things that we thought kept us safe, that maybe did keep us safe in some way back then. And we hear the words of God, you don't need those anymore. Let me bring you true safety. Let me bring you true love through my light. All right. So that's my little discussion on dissociation. Uh, hope that was helpful and interesting. Love to keep having the discussion. Hope you'll join us at soulsandhearts.com. We have um, tons more uh, resources on there, some free courses. There's some communities you can join. There's blogs. There's um, all sorts of things. So join us over at soulsandhearts.com. I hope you've gotten something out of today. Um, all right. We're I hope you also have a blessed Lent. All right, we'll see you next time. Until then, be still, believe, be loved. Take good care.